1: Well, hello there, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today's guest on CPG is Felipe Mojave Ramos. Felipe is one of the biggest names and brightest stars in the world of poker. He's a GG Poker ambassador with $2.6 million in lifetime live MTT cashes and in his native Brazil, he's a poker megastar who's constantly striving to give back to both his country and his community. You're probably getting sick of hearing me say this basically every week, but the reality is the poker world is chock full of amazing souls and Felipe is no exception. Despite having never met or really interacted before this conversation, I felt an instant connection with Felipe. It's hard to put into words, but I just immediately sensed this was a special cat who personifies greatness as a human being. But don't just take my word for it. In a few moments, you'll be able to judge for yourself. So in today's conversation with Felipe Mujave Ramos, you're going to learn the one thing that is in your control that can make or break your entire poker career what Felipe believes poker is at its core, the amazing Mojave poker origin story, and much, much more. And before you dive into today's show with Felipe Mojave Ramos, I'd like to say a few words on behalf of the sponsor of CPG, me. If you love the podcast and want to support my content creation addiction, there are a few easy things you can do. Firstly, if you've never had an account on poker platform Bovada and you live in the USA, head to freenuffle.com where you can follow a few simple instructions that will only take you a few minutes, I pinky promise, get access to $199 course, Neutralize Flop Leads, absolutely free, and do your part in keeping this train rolling. Secondly, you can head to cpgmerch.com where you can buy a Chasing Poker Greatness branded hat or shirt and rep your favorite poker podcast in your favorite local card room. And finally, you can head to greatnessvillage.com where you can opt in to the CPG newsletter and level up your poker network by plugging into a community that includes a mix of hobbyists looking to take control of their poker destiny, hungry aspiring poker pros, and elite cash game crushers. Those links are freenovel.com, that's f r e e n u f f l e.com, cpgmerch.com and greatnessvillage.com. And now without any further ado, I bring to you Twitch superstar, GG Poker ambassador and one of Brazil's favorite sons, Felipe Mojave Ramos. Felipe, welcome to the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast, sir. It's great to have you.
2: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Brad. Uh, it's it's awesome, awesome to be here. It's got some poker. It's got some uh, life. Let's do this.
1: That's what we do: poker and life. Uh, it's kind of uh, I know, I kind know. of kind of every everything encapsulated into one.
2: Um, all the things that I'm interested in, especially uh, when you have a guest, which is life is poker. So it's pro- <laughs> probably the only difference is that uh, poker has one letter more than poker than, than <laughs> life. Than life.
1: <laughs> well, luckily for me, like all my guests are poker, right? And that's something that I've learned over time in this doing this podcast. Is like the reason why I love it so much is because like these are my people, you know. And with poker, a lot of times it's hard to find your people that are like constructed in the way that you are, that think th- about things in the way that you do, that have overcome all these things. Like from the outside looking in. It, you don't see the struggle you don't see um the journey and how lonely it can be but then you meet people that are like you and it just man it, it it's your tribe it fills you with energy and joy and happiness
2: awesome i'm i'm very glad to be here very glad
1: so let's start out by hearing about your story like what led you to poker
2: yeah. my my starting to poker is kind of like a very uh, Odd and uh weird because i I never never wanted to play poker. that's the absolute truth what you want to do i I actually wanted to be a clown. I wanted to work with circus when I was a little kid Really? yeah <laughs> tell me
1: about that Tell me about the the <laughs> wanting to be a clown
2: my 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 mom tells the story to everybody since forever that I, I, I used to love magic. I used to love like uh performing, you know, going to a stage and even like uh singing, playing, talking to people, telling jokes, uh, this kind of things. And so uh we come from a very uh uh poor area in a poor neighborhood from, from Brazil, which is the São Paulo metropolitan area, which is called ABC. And uh we didn't have much um, so um, yeah, to to have a clown costume, it wasn't that difficult. You just need to have a rag shirt, <laughs> some some sort of a cap, or or just paint yourself on, and that was fun. And I loved to do that whenever I was a was a child. What and was it I, about?
1: What was it about clown being a clown that appealed to you so much? Was it uh, entertaining people, making them happy? What was it?
2: I I think that was the first part that touched me. That you could that you could have so much, you could have like just a little just a little bit of effort, and make someone happy. That was something that I think that, that drove me, that that made me interest interested in that. But I was just a little kid. I didn't have any uh, big uh, comprehension about uh, the the subject or the profession, but I did grew up going to some classes you know going some classes and um you know even even the acrobat uh, parts so I just, just wanted to be part of that I thought it was funny but like uh I mean every kid every kid from Brazil I think the first thing that comes in mind is to become a soccer player we we soccer is number one number one sport we love soccer I also wanted to pursue that. It was a time that I that I played. I played for teams. I played well, but uh, that wasn't my. It was not my passion. It was not. It was not my passion. Then I discovered. I discovered music. Whenever I was nine years old. Uh, my dad is a guy that's a big role model. Uh, always took care of his family and others. I mean. married to my mom until nowadays we are only two kids i have a younger daughter a younger uh, sister sorry i i do have a daughter (laughs) (laughs) but um and um he's been always that guy that okay how much how much is he making he's making like 2k a month he's spending the whole 1500 of his family and the other 500 He's not putting it into the bank he's helping like uh, all the family everybody that's that's needing needing something and uh always in debt always always trying to like um do something and um we used to live in my grandma's uh it's like uh it's it's like uh the bottom part of my grandma's house which I do not recall the name in english. Um, that's supposed to be basement? the basement. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So I know to... English very yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I need you. I need you. And uh, yeah, we used to live in the, my my grandma's basement, and uh, and from that time, uh, my dad came up to me and said, "Hey, I know you studied in the public school, and public pub, public schools there are awful." I don't, I don't mean to speak bad stuff about my country. I'm just speaking the truth. Public school, it's awful. And uh, you're in touch with uh, bad things, with, uh, with, with drugs, with crime, with everything that's bad. But I couldn't study anywhere else. Um, my dad couldn't pay. But he came to me and he said, like, what do you want to do? I uh, probably will have some spare spare money. Well, what do you like? And I said, I I like music. So my dad gave me a guitar, put me into guitar classes. So then I started my passion for music. My dad used to work with music as well. My dad was he used to work he used to work he start, he started out as an athlete. And uh, he was a professional swimmer. My dad uh, had uh, records that could take him even to the Olympic Games, and, but had no money, had no, no sponsorship, and he, he, he gave up to take care of his family. And then he started to work in a bank. Do you, do, that,
1: that sacrifice, I mean, um, do you, does that drive you? Like is that a driving force that he he gave up his passion, the thing that he's world class at, to take care of y'all?
2: Man, I'll tell you that taught me so much because I'm a father nowadays, and I I look at that that situation. Maybe I would be a little more selfish because I don't think I'm good enough like my dad, my dad is. But like uh, looking at that situation, I was like that. That's what uh, compassion, what's love, what's taking care of a family is. Because you you cannot hit the wall, you know. you you just gonna hit the wall if you if you if you keep going that way. At that time, uh to have some sponsorship and to travel the world, playing the competitions, he did he did enough. He was uh South American champion, Brazilian champion, many mod- many swimming modalities, uh recognized uh winner uh in the sport, young. But could could not break through. Needed money to travel. Needed money to to train with the best. And um, and then he decided that he needed to take care of his family because he got married and had me. So it wasn't an easy decision. If he was like uh, single, you know, if he was single, it would be easier to pursue. Such as myself, I look behind. I only became a. Um, um, successful poker player because I could invest in myself. If I couldn't invest in myself, I wouldn't be here. And uh, that my life would be different.
1: Absolutely. And, it, it, it takes that selfishness to be uh, world-class at anything, like regardless of family, regardless, uh, like if you're married, if you have kids, whatever it is, like the, yeah. the pursuit of greatness is inherently a selfish endeavor. Because yeah. it just has to be.
2: It's a cold and a long path, for for sure. And then uh, doing this background, I want to get there when I started playing poker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, man, I love I love the, the backstory. You know, uh, um, the driving force. You know, your your dad, the sacrifices that he made. He didn't realize it at the time, but the sacrifices yeah. that he made, you know, pay off in inspiration through you, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Could never, could never be anywhere uh, without uh, support of my family. Not only my dad, but my mom. My mom played a uh, enormous uh, part uh, as well. And uh, because uh, she quit, she quit working to take care of me whenever I was born. Uh, we didn't have, um, we we couldn't, of course, uh, pay to have somebody to help. Help and take care of me, and uh, while she 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 could go to work, so it had to be her, either her or my dad. So so, she 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 quit her job, and then my dad quit his job, started working another job, and uh, my dad became my dad started to do some sort of um, organizing uh, local clubs parties. So there was like uh, this uh, sports sports club, social club uh, nearby home. He used to go there and uh, rent rent the place and uh, run a party. So by running a party, he used to do hundred percent of things. He was he was even the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> he was even the security guard. He was everything. And, uh, he was uh, everything. Selling from selling tickets to playing and uh, taking care of security, and uh, that's when that's when music uh, kicked a lot a lot in with the with the vinyls, uh, with the with um, uh, more info that he used to bring used to bring home. So there's a funny little picture when I uh, very very young he put like one of those very heavy headphones from the past. In my face, I was a baby. I was like... <laughs> 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 I, I, after that, listening to the uh, old, old school music that he always loved, electronic, funk, funk music, and um, hip hop from, 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 the, from the era, right? From the 80s. Yeah, actually, from, from older than that, I was listening over the 80s. I was born on 83. Same. Nice. Good year. <laughs> great year. Great year. <laughs> and uh and and then I started to put, to play some music that developed kind of quick. And whenever I was like um twelve to thirteen years old I actually with nine years old I started playing i, I started learning guitar over the church. So I wasn't paying anybody. I was having free classes uh, at the church, and then suddenly I became a performer and a singer at the church. So I used to sing every every mass every uh, twice a week, and participate in the in the in the youth group in the in the young group um, with all the activities, including including uh, sports. That was a really uh, good thing for me, really nice background, influence from my grandma and that th- taught me a lot of values then then some somebody somebody said, said "Oh you play you play really well. Don't you want to try to play some other instruments?" I started to learn some other instruments." And uh, when I was thirteen, I started to play in these little parties, in these little bands. Uh, in in parties, make some little side money. Started to, then then suddenly had a band, on on, on my own. Uh, I was underage, but I was playing at bars <laughs> <laughs> and um, making some 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 little money. I, I used to work in the public school, but there, there was like a, a government, uh, some sort of government program where. Top three students use uh, were going to work at uh, at the General Motors fab, uh, factory, and I, I I got in, I got in, and then I started working at the General General Motors factory. 14 years old. Oh wow! And I I did an internship there, and I was uh, I started to 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 make some little money already with music and with this with this work. Start helping a little bit at home.
1: Obviously, you, you did well in school, right? Top three. How many kids were in your school?
2: Um, I don't know. Hundreds. <laughs>
1: hundreds? hundreds? So ma- many. Yeah. So many. Top, top three is uh, quite good. You're doing quite well in school.
2: I, I do not like to take, to take that as a compliment to me. I think I would like to take that as like a, I was like a, interested in stuff while other people maybe... They were not that interested because, because of the, the way school is, you know. The way school is. I, I look at that and I saw an opportunity for myself. I say, like, hey, l- l- look at this opportunity. If I study and I get top three and I go to to work in a student company at General Motors, that can change my life. You know, they can start uh something nice. So I, I took that opportunity and then I I think that uh, other people didn't see that opportunity. They could have done it. They done as well. So I think that my my power of will there was something that okay, I'm gonna study. And uh, to be honest, school wasn't that hard. Um, I mean, the subject subjects we had, you know, we didn't have to face that many challenges. With, um basic with basic school when I was um 13 it was my first year was actually first year of high school um going to first year of high school I was a bit a bit early um, and um I, I I thought that was a big opportunity for me and then I I took it I I I I started, that, that was nice because I started to like, uh, even having my meals over the company, over general, what was important for me. to, <laughs> you, you know, to yeah. one less expense, you know. What is Where, the,
1: what was the general trajectory for, you know, people that went to your school, like as it relates to, per, you know, professional life, getting into the real world?
2: I think the, 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 the tradition right there was to try and make, to specialize during high school into into something before you go into college. So I took that path as well. I was studying mechanics. So I chose to study mechanics, and that's why there was this opportunity to work at, at, uh, at GM uh, in a student company. So other people would choose... Um, all, more let's say a more diff- difficult path you know because like a mechanic there was a lot lot of work i mean i mean a lot of a lot of uh opportunities you know a lot of, a lot of factories and uh but most of the people they choose they choose an early uh specialization and they they follow through they follow through with that so i i didn't follow through with that that was my experience with uh, working in a factory. That was, that was done there. I was done there. But like uh, most of the people I know, they 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 found a profession that way.
1: What was you know you switched it up to music around eleven? What was your passion like? What, what did you? What were your dreams? What were you pursuing? Like what what were you actively pursuing at, at that age?
2: Well, I would say I had a, a little problem, which was I didn't like too much the pop music, the popular music. <laughs> I was my, more like something like my dad, you know? I used to like stuff that my dad liked, <laughs> not not stuff that was doing success in uh, bands that were making money and this kind of stuff. But then high school played a big part because uh, then I was... I, I was studying music, then my dad could afford for me to go to work, to to study one year in a private school when that happened. But that, that was it. I went back to public school after that. And, How different
1: uh, was a private school compared to the public school?
2: Another life. It's just another life. It's like uh, I... I I I remember I used to go I used to go there and people make fun of the shoes I was wearing you know of the of the the clothes I had and this kind of this kind of things and uh it was so much difficult because the level of study was so much higher so I had I had I had a lot of uh trouble into, into studying and uh, making it happen, which uh, was in the beginning. Then I'm, I worked it out and uh, made it happen. And I, at that time I understood I had some little, little small small gift for math, and uh, which uh, became truthful when I went to college, I became a um, math instructor during college so I uh, I was giving people classes and uh, having like um, in order to have like a big discount over my my scholarship and uh, I think I think and then in high school I discovered I, I when when that move happened I discovered the cool bands you know I discovered the cool things mm-hmm. so then whenever, whenever I went to the to the private school I discovered what, what it was like Metallica, for instance.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I discovered what it was like Iron Maiden. I discovered what it was like Nirvana. And uh and then I started to play with them. They're like, oh, you play? Oh nice. You'll be you'll be the guita- guitarist of my band. They say I do not own a guitar. <laughs> They're like, oh no, no, no problem. You play with my guitar. I said, whoa. So I was getting all this all, all this this stuff I never had. And I started to play with them, but my background is samba music. I I come from uh, the oh, poor neighborhoods, from the slums so in Brazil. So samba samba music is what, what we listen to, and it's something I re- it resonates really well with me. It's my favorite kind of music, uh, other than uh, the uh, br- the the Brazilian. It's called Brazilian popular music, MPB, but it's not. What do you think? When you think about pop music, you might think of of
1: Britney Spears.
2: Britney. Exactly. <laughs> it's something totally different. It's more soulful. It's something more like uh, piano and voice, acoustic guitar, and uh, this kind of things. Very classy. And that, that's my, my favorite music. And then I started to, to, to dive into that. And then uh, we formed a band and started to play. And uh, make some some side money. I I graduated in college, and uh, my dad used to work in a bank. Knew people from other other uh, institutions, and then told me, "Oh, it's a friend of ours. He's working in a company, and uh, if you if you want an internship, you you should try to get one, and uh, he will see you." Then I applied for the internship, which was um because of the law in Brazil, we have much of this third third companies that they they, they do service for the the big ones you know
3: mm-hmm. you you
2: you know you not you're not, hi- you're not, you're not being hired by the big company you're being being hired by the third party company to to do some job for them and by law, you can only do this for three months okay. so if they like if they like you they have to hire you, you cannot stay under that contract. So I started working in over in a US company in Brazil. There's a, a good part I didn't tell you, which was whenever I was uh, doing well with my guitar classes, I was able to switch it out to English classes. And uh, by influence of my dad, he said, like, you need to study English. This will be important to you. So go to English school. I cannot do anything else, but go to English school. And that was game changer because uh, with 17, I entered to work uh, for uh, this third-party company that was um, uh, an arm of uh, Bank of America. It was actually Bank Boston, the company. Then after a couple of months, a couple of years, Bank of America uh, bought the operation. And after three months, I was hired to work. They like uh, you. They like me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I started working at Bank Boston with 18. Then I had 18 years old. And I didn't go to the internship. They They put me in a, a layer above. I didn't do any of the internship. I instantly became... An assistant of the of the manager so i even though I was on my first year in college and i um there was something odd to happen mm-hmm. they, they would hire some somebody like that after you graduate but i I showed some effort they liked me, started working there and then after three years when I was twenty to twenty one I was hired as the youngest manager in the history of the company. Oh wow, so I used to work with the big big companies and uh, funny that I started to take care of general Motors account <laughs> some, some, <laughs> came some, full some, circle yeah, it came full circle some 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 big companies, some big uh u s companies that had operations in Brazil after si- after six years, I quit to play poker. But I had a I had a quite of a journey. I had um, I I I won prizes like as like a best manager. Like hitting hitting those those goals as a manager was very important for me financially, because you you uh, had some sort of goals uh, inside the company that if you'd hit them, you'd earn like uh, eight to twelve more salaries in a single month, and I, I, started, I started to earn that because of the job I was doing. And then suddenly, I will, my life was changing. And I was able to like, uh, afford for a car, afford for, uh, to, pay, to pay all my bills, to help at home. The, I, I, I saw poker for the first time on TV. I saw poker for the first time on TV. I think like most of my colleagues of this age by, by, um, by, by checking out poker on TV and uh, started to play a little bit online, never made deposits or, or anything or playing for real money. Then one guy, which used to be my boss in the bank, one day he invited me after I graduated in college. He said to me, hey, you want to come to Friday night? You want to come to my house and play some poker uh, with the boys? I, I was a little bit scared because I never played poker live. I used to play poker on my computer uh, only. What was it about poker?
1: You, know, you, you said you didn't want to be a poker player, right? Like You, you, yeah. you didn't, but why, why did you enjoy the game, like playing for play money once you saw it on TV? What was it about the game that pulled you in?
2: I mean, I was playing a game like I was playing any other game. Like you used to play other card games in college. It, just like that, you know, mm-hmm. for fun. Just for, for fun? fun because, yeah, just for fun. Because And if I was interesting to learn, it was interesting to learn also the game, but I had no idea where that could lead me. Absolutely no idea.
1: And no no ideas of like taking it seriously ever. Just mm-hmm. like something, something to pass the time.
2: Absolutely nothing. The only people I used to, to know at that time was the people I used to to see from time to time on, on television, which was Chris Moneymaker, Bill Helmuth, Johnny Chang, you know, Dan Harrington, those um, old school players, and... Um, So I went that day to play, and I remember they wanted to play two games, two sitting goals, and it was really, really fun. We went to the supermarket, bought some stuff, you know, like um, grabbed some beers and um, had some fun, sat down, played. I touched touched cards like for the first time, you know, and, and chips, poker chips, I mean. And uh I I fell in love with the game right there. Uh, I I won one of the seating goals and this boss of mine he won the other one. And uh we had this little competition between ourselves. And that that made me that made me interested. That day I left I went I went online and I bought all the books I could I bought everything. I have this into into nowadays. That's when I found like uh David Slansky's book that's when i found Dan Harrington's book and um there were this were my first first um literature i i had uh, in poker what, then what,
1: I, why did you fall in love felipe like what was it about that one night just hanging playing cards like what was it about that night that like you just fell in love and then bought all the books
2: i was like this is something that really relies and depends on me. I was like, look at this. I can play this game and I and I can win. And I don't rely on other people. Mm. Because I used to I used to like uh play of course uh team sports and uh in the bank the bureaucracy of stuff it's like insanely insanely hard you know for for doing something you need you need to send an email to somebody to reply with an okay to somebody then the pope has to say okay <laughs> for that and you can never do anything on your own mm-hmm. and i was like and i and i thought the game was really 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 fun because we had a blast we had a blast we left the days so like when is the next one next friday wow i bring the beer I'm gonna study more. I'm gonna beat you. Say no, 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 no. I'm gonna study more. I'm gonna beat you because I was like confusing uh, stuff. I used to play online, so whenever I was playing live, sometimes I would mess up the small blind with the big blind. You know, like uh, it's your turn. No, it's your turn. No, <laughs> I'm gonna buy a book next week. I'm gonna kick your ass. This kind, it's kind of like a uh, rookie stuff. Complete. Sure. Yeah. Rookie stuff. We, yeah.
1: Everybody starts at the same place.
2: Yeah, it's completely noob. I didn't know anything. And Was this I, the
1: first time in, in your life that you realized this opportunity? That like,
2: hmm, this is
1: something I can do that doesn't rely on anybody. Like, Felipe is the only person
2: that, that I, this boils down to. I didn't have that click this way. I had the click the click the way I told you that I thought, oh, wow, I can make this happen on my own. This only relies on me. It's like an individual sport. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. I can I can if I go to play to play soccer, I know I can even get injured or I don't get to talk to my friends after a day of work, you know. And here I can sit down and talk to them and watch the soccer game, play some poker. I was, I was actually interested in the social aspect of the game. And uh, so, so I had no clue about going fo- forward with, with the stuff you said. Since that week, I bought all the books, I bought all the online books, and I started doing research. And when I started doing research, I started to hear about some players I never heard of before, such as Daniel Negrano. Because I told you some names before, and uh, Daniel wasn't on that list. And uh, but while doing some online research, I found I found Daniel and I found his blog.
1: Full contact poker.
2: Exactly. And I found his blog. So I started to follow through with his career, whatever he was doing. And I was like, wow, this guy is awesome. Look at this guy. He travels the world, plays the competitions. Wow, those big binds. You can pay all those big binds and play in this competition. This is nice. So I started to follow follow his his career right there. Found other players, found other other uh, players. Started to follow them uh, as well, and uh, learning more about the game and playing with friends. Then I started to play online a little bit with uh, real money, but only sitting goals. I didn't have much time because I my job was like. Complete madness. <laughs> My job was complete madness. I, I I even had to work on weekends. Uh, it was nasty, and uh, and I had a band at the time that we used to play six days a week. So, <laughs> not a lot of free time for you, Felipe. Not, not a lot of free time for me. So, so suddenly I felt I felt that I needed to to go to and test myself with 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 poker. Never played a tournament or something like that. I used to play only with friends and online. And I was beating my friends quite easily after a while. Not not that because I'm better than them. I was never better than anybody. Like this guy that was my my boss at the time was such a smart he was such a smart guy. I could couldn't that I was smarter than the guy. I was just more interested in the subject than anybody else. So uh, after a couple of games, I was the guy knowing that, you're like, how, how can you play this from the UTG? And they were like, what the fuck is UTG? What's a UTG,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. So I was getting an edge by, by, by reading. By <laughs> just studying. doing a, a little bit of work, you got an edge. Exactly. Exactly. That's why, that's why I believe poker is a game of skill because you will always find those edges, you know, regardless of the level you're playing, there will be something as simple as this that will give you an edge. So I, I then I, I it, w- it was funny, I discovered a, um, a poker room, if I, I, I think it was the first ever poker room in Brazil. Of course, it was an underground house, no legislation, no, absolutely nothing. And after work, I showed up there and I used to work in a suit. I was a bank manager, mm-hmm. but I had some, I had some, uh, at that point, I was like a manager. I was like a, some sort of a big boy inside of the bank. So I could go visit a client and not come back. Ooh, so, like get kidnapped? Okay. What do you mean? No, 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 not no, come no, back. No, like, no, 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 no,
3: no!
1: I'm like
2: language barrier. You,
1: <laughs> like no. you could just, you could just leave and be gone, and they, they wouldn't. No, okay.
2: <laughs> language barrier. Language yeah. barrier. I mean, I used to go. Let's say, like, I used damn, to,
1: you are a real big shot. No, You're
2: getting kidnapped. No. no, I mean, let's say I used to work from nine to six. Mm-hmm. Okay, of course. The, that was my official times. So I used to work much more than that. But like nine to six. And I was graduated in college. Right? So I said like, okay, I'm graduating in college. Instead of doing some sort of like um, a specialization now and keep on studying, I like this poker thing. Maybe I'm going to start playing poker in this, in this free time now. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't right away. I I applied to be to for um, a specialization which which is very important to be able to invest other people's and other companies' money within within the government and this kind of stuff. So I was approved right away, got the license, and um, I, I then I started to use this free time to play poker. So, I mean, I used to go visit a client, let's say I go to visit like a company, big company, like uh, that was my client from the bank at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. So 3 p.m. in the afternoon, when my meeting was over, which was like 4.30, I used to go back to the bank, do some reports and kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to the poker club already because if I if I get there by five, I earned some extra chips. <laughs> so I started playing poker from, from 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 that moment. You know, I saw poker as a little, not, not as a priority, but as, as, as a part of my life because I had no time. So I needed to play after work or during the weekends. Right. And so poker fulfilled my time, uh, all my extra time. And the uh, first time I went to this poker club, I got. I, and I got there. I was entering the the poker room. I faced one of my childhood friends, just like boom. Like, I said. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you play poker yourself? I say, like, yeah. I started playing poker now. Wow, I don't know anybody that plays poker. And we used to live nearby, mm-hmm. right? We're neighbors. And and I I was doing well in the bank. I had a car. He didn't. He was really good at poker. Yeah, that's I lucky. I was a fish, yes. And then I, I was. Well, like, you, okay. you were
1: coming to the poker games. You know, you're going to the games in a in a suit. Of course, <laughs> of course, you're the fish. Yeah, right? of
2: course, I'm the fish. <laughs> absolutely. And now, don't get me wrong. I used to play five bucks and ten bucks buy-ins maximum. And I'm talking about Brazilian money, which at that time was like uh maybe half of a dollar so like uh so like a 2.5 and five dollar was my biggest buying right i I didn't it's not that because i had some sort of side money i was playing anything big i wasn't mm-hmm. because i read all these books and like bank role management i used to work in the bank i was good at math i was like calm down kids you need to learn this game <laughs> before investing the game and then I met this guy, and then this guy this guy came to me and said, "Like, hey, how about you bring me to the poker club? You give me a ride back. I teach you poker in the way." It's a good yeah. deal. Good deal, pretty good. That's how I got started. And uh, this guy um, helped me helped me a lot with a lot of stuff I didn't know.
1: Where's he now? Are you still close? Is he still in poker?
2: Man, I found uh, we 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 uh, let's say we lost a little bit of each other during this do, during these years. But I I met him. I I talked to him by these days and it was really really good conversation. It was really like a respectful and a very uh, emotional conversation. This these days, he even showed up on over my my Twitch streams as well. It was very very nice to. To get that sort of like um, talk and and uh, recognition from stuff like uh, stuff that he always told me like oh you you're gonna you're gonna do well in this game this game is for you and um and I never never listened to anybody when people told me that and that's the part where I told you that I never wanted to be a poker player because even even a little further I started to play the Friday events. I actually started to play the Sunday events. The Sunday events were like this: 20 bucks, which was $10. Okay, so $10. And you have free pizza and drinks. Okay. So, yeah. And you play a tournament. And I, if you want, if you want uh the rebuy, rebuy used to cost less because you're already paying for the food and this kind of stuff. And I started doing well, win some tournaments during Sundays. Then I started playing the, the the Friday ones, which were fifty with rebuy. Then it was big high roller game for me. Mm-hmm. Started winning those tournaments as well. And this was this was back in two thousand six. And then I felt I felt I was like ready to try some sort of like a championship, but we had known. <laughs> we used to find each other from social media. To see, like, who wants to play and maximum have one table. Right. And suddenly we had two tables. And that's how the Brazilian Series of Poker, the the BSOP championship, got started. Oh, wow. With two tables. And uh, so I discovered the event, made some, some new friends. And that was the first season, 2006, first season of the BSOP uh started playing some more in a professional way but it was i i i was working at the bank and i was uh, still had the band so it was a little bit complicated complicated for me after that i decided to quit the band that was a big move i said i'm gonna quit the band i'm gonna leave i was doing some work in the studio and helping other bands with their production and uh, so I was doing more studio time, so when I had some 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 free time, I could still do this freelancer job and uh some with uh the studio time. started playing more poker and then started to get a little bit excited, final tabling this BSOPs, etc by while working the bank. Then two thousand and seventeen the season was a little bigger. We could gather like um hundred people in the main event. Which was pretty big. It's then five, I five
1: five x growth over over a year. That's pretty good.
2: Yes, and uh, the buying was one one thousand Brazilian, which was five hundred dollars, which was big one. Uh, already, then I won BSOP São Paulo in two thousand seven. And uh, people started to to ask me for, for stuff. Like, oh, can you give an interview? Can you talk talk about your poker journey? Or what's the next tournament you're going to play? And I was like, man, this is Sunday. I'm going to need to go home, wash my face, and get to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I got to go back to work, guys.
2: Yeah, exactly. I had no idea uh, of what I was doing. I was hooked up. I I loved poker. And I wanted to play, but I didn't want to leave my job. Didn't want to leave my job ever. I was in a very nice career path inside the bank. And then I kept on playing. That's, that's when I discovered more, online, playing more online and doing well. And suddenly I was like doing some math. And I was like, hey, but this month I earned like six, eight salaries. By playing poker, by playing poker, like, on my part-time, I made such more money than I was earning. I was earning at the bank. So I started, st- I started to look at poker more in a business way. And that I, that I haven't, that i never, never done that way. So, and people were, like, organizing a trip to the World Series in 2007. To go to the World Series. I had no passport. I never have left my own county. Or <laughs> I, I was like, I cannot go, guys. I cannot, I cannot, cannot get a leave from work. It's impossible. I, they would never give me a leave. I, I, cannot, I cannot go. I, I used to sell my vacation time to earn some extra money um, at the bank. And I already done that that year. And people were like, "Oh but we play much worse than you, and we're <laughs> going. So you need to go as well. You, you're going to do fine. we think you're going to do fine. And imagine yourself. I was like, I, "I don't know if I play well, if I play bad, if I, if, I, if I play good, I just know that I play." and I and I like to play. And people were like, I had some good friends that were like uh, encouraging me to do that. and uh, but I always said I, I always said, no. They went to the WSOP. Send me all those pictures and stuff, and uh, I was like at the desk behind the desk, uh, working. And I said, "It's not my time. Maybe I don't know. Maybe next year I can plan this better."
1: Any any, so, any bit of jealousy or missing out, looking at the pictures from your friends?
2: No, actually, actually not. I wasn't because I I didn't I didn't there was nothing in me. That, that was telling me like uh you, you need to be a poker pro you you want to be a poker pro that was absolutely nothing and uh but like I was missing more the vacation time because my my life was was very busy I was missing more the vacation time so I, I went to I, I, I was following their path with the championships and etc I won a satellite that year for the main event I won a satellite in the home in the home club in the local club. I chopped with a friend of mine because we, uh, I, uh, we, were, we, were, we weren't going. So that was like a big, big amount of money for me uh, by chopping the, the WSOP entry without having a passport. So, so I said, maybe I'll try to plan better for next year. And I'll get like uh, maybe 30 days. And I and and then we go to Vegas. And then it was like uh, I I kept on playing during the weekends. The tournaments were like this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because we are all amateurs. There were no no tournaments in Brazil that would start during the day.
3: Mm.
2: Absolutely none. So every every tournament organizer would put a tournament to start Friday night, Saturdays and Sundays. Otherwise, would be nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the field then I started doing well and winning some other tournaments at the time 100k guaranteed was like the must the the biggest tournament uh, there I started to perform by end of the year I final table one of these 100k's and before going to the final table one guy came up to me and said "Uh, we've been watching you and we want to offer you a sponsorship deal and I was like uh, how is it to be a sponsored player and they sat down with me, explained what they wanted, starting their brand in Brazil. At that time, their, their site was a pretty big one from the own game network called Best Poker. And um, and they, they made me a proposal right there uh, to quit everything, play poker, start to represent their brand, and play in the big tournaments. Just go to Europe, play the EPTs, go to Vegas, play the WSOPs because they they're watching me and they believed I had um, the, I could represent well the brand and I could uh, play some nice poker. At that time my deal was something some sort of a very interesting because of course I could not never afford the big buys that was too off even though I was doing well for Brazil and family and stuff the big buys were too off so they, they included one event in my, in my my contract that I was extremely excited about, which was 5,000 5, euros buying at uh, EPT San Remo. And uh, my family has uh, girls from my family. The background is like the boys are from Brazil. My grandma came from Italy. My other grandma came from Spain. So I was like, hey, I'm going to visit Italy. Mm. Never left this place. And um, if I if I leave my job now and I go and I have all this experience, when I if if, if this doesn't work, I'm probably gonna get back stronger to the market, so speaking better English, speaking better all, other languages. I'm young, you know. I can I maybe I can I can I can do this. Did so, you talk
1: to your parents at all? Like I, I have to imagine this is like a bi- this is a big deal for you.
2: That that was the, the, the part the biggest part because I came to my dad and I said, Dad, I'm thinking about pursuing a career playing poker. And he didn't even let me finish. He was like, Are you are you crazy? <laughs> like, you we playing what? Card game and uh a lucky uh luck game. And then I was like, Dad, and he was like, Stop, we rely on you. You you help pay the bills. I was living with my parents uh, still, so I was helping a lot at home. And uh, we do do not have a plan B. It's only me and you that works here in this place for the whole family. If everything goes bad, I cannot help you. It was the first thing he told me that resonated. He was like, I can't help you. If everything goes bad, who's going to help you? Because we don't have an uncle that has money or a friend that can lend us money. Or the bank that will help us lend us money. We are on, your own, on our own. And then I said, Dad, listen to these opportunities. These opportunities like this. They will pay for me to travel. They will pay for me to play the tournaments. I will earn 50% of everything. Okay. Basically, I'll, ha- I'll have no expense. I have some side money uh, from from all this time working in the bank. Like if I quit working now, I have like two years. I can pay my bills for like two years without going broke and uh, helping us. So let's try out for one year. Let's try out for one year, see how how I get. And I promise you that my goal is to do my master business administration course, my my MBA after this. And uh, and maybe I can do this, uh, my MBA and play poker. But I cannot work in the bank and play poker. And I, then my dad sat, sat down with me and we started to have like the most deep conversation explaining to him. So he said, okay, so explain to me what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I started to explain, explain to him whatever, what poker was. And that was the nicest part of my career. Was, was that moment. Because my dad came up to me and said like, okay, I'm going to watch you closely. I want to learn this. I want to know what this is. And uh, if you trust, if you you trust, you're going to do well with this. I stand behind you. Let's do this then. But if that doesn't work, you promise me you're not going to get lost. You apply back for a job and then do your master business administration, get your, your extra degree, and you're young, and you have experience, you'll be fine. But don't get lost. Don't get lost. And I said, okay. So I had to deal with my dad. And that was when we started to kind of share information with each other. I, I have a lot of poker stories with my dad. I don't know which one is the best, but it's hard to top this one. One day, one day, after that, I was playing Sunday pokers, right? I was already like a semi-pro, so I was playing all big, big tournaments, big tournaments on Sundays. I mean, by playing big tournaments, I'd play until hundred bucks, and sometimes the two fifteen and the five hundred. Sometimes, you know, had a bunch of friends. We used to like swap, and and et, and etc. That that would help. And but those big Sundays were problems for me because my family is very traditional. Every Sunday is a family gathering. So I could never play Sundays because I had to be at my grandma's place and with all the family. So it was a big, big disrespect if I don't show up, if I don't help with the table, if I don't help uh, with the dishes after. Um, That's how my my family uh, works. And I had to negotiate with my dad to not show up during Sundays because I want to play online poker. So I say, and there's one more thing there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just one small, small thing. Yeah. I'm not going to show up on Sundays because I need to play. And he said, this is unacceptable. You can go, you can leave the bank. (laughs) You can do whatever you want, but if you don't show up for your family, you're a dead man. (laughs) What what kind of person are you? And he always taught me values in a very harsh, very harsh uh, way by teaching me a lesson, always teaching me a lesson. And then I said, dad, let's figure out something because the biggest tournaments, they happen on Sundays. And I need to play these big boys. I need to play. This is all the poker pros are doing. You know, I know I'm still working in the bank. But like, that, so I have Sundays to play online. And I'm studying the game. I feel good. And I think we can earn some extra money here. And at that time, I had won some little money, but never too much. You know, if I want a tournament, I won like 6000 you know? I want like, uh, I was doing well as a profitable profitable player from start. Play the satellites, win the satellites, play the events. I was doing everything Daniel was saying on the blog. It's actually really cool because I walked this path backwards uh, one day with Renko from Poker Central. He found it all. Everything I was saying, he was like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> this is the post you're referring. That's mm-hmm. the post and blah, blah, blah. And that's how I got started on Mixer Games. Because one day Daniel wrote there, it's like, like, if you want to be a pro, you need to learn the Mixer Games. Because when you come to Vegas and you play the WSOP, like half of the tournaments, they're not no limit holding. You need to play these other games, blah, blah, blah. That's when I got started in, in PLO and uh, in other games, right, right from start, because I found his blog pretty early. Then, my, then I negotiated with my dad to host a family gathering on Saturday nights.
1: Oh, wow. So change the day.
2: It didn't. They, they're still doing the Sunday, Sunday gatherings. But they were doing some sort of Saturday gatherings for me with everyone. Because otherwise, how would I see my family? Mm-hmm. I would get too much into work. And I'll never see my family. So I understand my dad. And those are values I carry with me now that I'm a father. So I remember one of the first Sundays. My dad probably met, mad about something that happened. He entered, entered home and I was in my room. Door, door was locked. The uh, door closed, not locked. And I was playing Sunday poker. And my dad rushed into my room and he said to me like this, do you really think it's worth for you to be away from your family playing this fucking shit, this stupid game? Blah <laughs> blah, bla, Blasting me all the way. <laughs> and then I said, dad, I think that today is worth it. Today is a good one. Come check it out. I'm playing this tournament here. It it costs $100. It's 100 with rebuys. It was the... Most iconic Sunday tournament on poker stars the, the Sunday rebites, the 100 rebites. I'm playing this tournament here, dad. And uh, it, after all these people, I'm it's only me and another guy here in this tournament. And uh, if I win this tournament, I will make 77,000 something like this 70 something thousand, and if I lose, I make 50k. <laughs> And, and then my dad was like, motherfucker, <laughs> please lose right now. <laughs> I was like, "What that? L- lose? What do you mean lose? Lose and get the 50,000. I said, "Yeah, I, al- I already have 50K locked. This is already in my pocket. If I win, I make 20 grand more. And he was like, whoa, $50,000. You're already making $50,000. This is more than my yearly income. And I was in a, in a freaking Sunday. I said, yes. And he was like, let's win this fucking tournament. <laughs> he sat next to me. <laughs> yeah. He sat next to me and then we played out the tournament. Uh, we got all in King Jack, Ace-10. Ace, Ace high held. I got second. But we got, it, it was like a game changer moment. Then my dad was like, wow, this is poker. You can make <laughs> all this money and blah, blah, blah. Let's freaking do it!
1: Yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing turns the tide like results.
0: You survived pre-flop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs. Called and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding frenzy. Available now at chasingpokergreatnesscom slash feeding frenzy.
1: I have a couple of questions. So I believe it was uh, Robbie Stradzinski interview you did with Card Player Lifestyle. You talked about um, your goals not being monetary. Uh, but to help people understand what poker really is. And, you know, I can see the connection in that goal and that statement with your dad, you know, that conversation that you had with your dad. So I wanted to ask you, what is poker to you?
2: It's a, it's a way of, it's a way of life that gives me freedom where I, I understand that through poker, I'm connecting with other people and making everyone better. At first, I didn't understand the power, the power of poker in my life. But I have become such a better person after, after I, learned, I learned poker, after I used um, poker tactics and a strategy uh, uh, looking at my life. And
1: uh, In what ways, Felipe? Has it made you a better person?
2: I mean, in, in many, in many, many ways. Um, first, it was like I was understanding that my actions were giving me back exactly what, what, what kind of uh, decisions, decisions I was making. In the past, I was in a situation that was like, okay, I work in this bank I can be like a really good employee, blah, blah, blah. How can I become like a director here? It, it, does that really relies on me? That, 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 that really, uh, it's something that I can be really good, or really the best, and maybe I do not strive. And uh, in poker, I understood that the best decisions I make, they were, were give, going to give me fruitful results.
1: It's meritocracy.
2: Meritocracy, exactly. And I, and I started to use that in the bank right away, right away. I, it changed the way I negotiated stuff with my colleagues in the bank. So I used to have, I used to have a lot of f, uh, diffic, difficulty to grab a report from a woman early in the day that if I don't get that report, my life will be miserable. If she gives me that report by noon, I would leave the bank by 10 p.m. And if she gives me the report by 8 a.m., I will be done by, mo- by noon. So I started I started playing poker with her. I started playing poker with her. I came to her and I said, like, hey, this is the deal. If you don't give me this, <laughs> if you don't give me this report, uh, we're gonna get late. And because of this, I think I can make you look good by saying to everyone, wow, she gives me the report on time, and etc. I was playing poker with her already, and my life started to woo work. And so from, from that aspect. I wrote a material after that, which is called "The Mentality in Poker" and how to use that in other areas, such as business, sports, or even personal, even personal areas. So, I I, from from that moment, I understood the power power of poker. If you become good at the game, you become you become good at good with people. And uh, right in the beginning, when I started playing poker, that, that contract I took, I went to EPT San Remo, I cashed in the main event. I was the first ever Brazilian ever to cash in the main event. So nobody was playing poker. So that was a pretty amazing record to, to, look, to look that everybody was crazy, going crazy. Look at this guy. He's from Brazil. He's in Italy. He's playing the main event. He's cashing. He's chip leader. He's on TV table, and it was like a big, 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 big bus. And from that moment, I started to be uh, recognized as a uh, poker player, you know, and getting the love from people. And, and people from my country are very passionate when they love something. So I was jumping on a plane, and people like, this one you're going to win. Make it happen. People are cheering genuinely for me. You know, and making things happen uh, from there, giving me a lot of uh, uh, confidence. And uh, did you feel I, any I,
1: any extra pressure? You know, being the the pride of pride of Brazil, representing your country.
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No pressure. I was living the dream. I was like uh, doing. Uh, I was I was I was doing. Living the life I wanted to live. I I wanted, always wanted to travel. I was stuck behind a desk. I always wanted to do something I liked and could earn some money as well doing that sometimes we love something that doesn't earn us anything and I was on 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 the path doing something i love and and, and uh
1: competing too competing, you know? competing competing yeah,
2: competing is the most important for me most aspect most important aspect in the game for me you know money is will be always secondary for me, and I've proven this. So many ways throughout my career, so many ways so um so the the real answer comes to the situation where they're genuinely cheering for me. They earn nothing from this, right absolutely nothing from this, and I understood that I only had that opportunity because i I, I studied English, and my dad gave me that opportunity so I could become good at poker by studying, and there was nothing in Portuguese for people to learn. Absolutely nothing. If they wanna get better in poker, they they need to know how to they need to know English language. And so I started a connection with my people right there. And I was like, okay, so stuff I make, I'm gonna help other people. Whenever I have the chance, I'm gonna start doing seminars, articles, sending information for these people to have as well and have the opportunity. I didn't. Did you get the uh, books
1: translated to Portuguese?
2: I, I, it happened that I started to work with a company. that got all the books translated. <laughs> I have not. I but I but I I do not earn any anything or or nothing. It was actually their business. That, that I started to write for Card Player magazine in Brazil right from the beginning. And they have a, a company that they they translate all the books, and started from 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 there. But I, my part was I was I was buying the books, I was doing the giveaways, I was uh, interacting uh, with them, and this love from from the community it's what drove me from from the start. It would make me want to do stuff for them. How did they, and, how did how
1: did having all that love feel? Because I can't imagine you know you have that love. At the bank, right?
2: Never. That's a competition uh, place. The bank is the real competition place where I am against you. If we're both if we're both managers in the company, you want to make me look bad, so you win the promotion, and 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 that's n- very nasty environment. Yeah. And uh, and that's something I try to change with the poker mentality I already had. By trying to bring the the group together and say like hey if you make it happen i also win we're part of the same team you see that guy the director he directs both of us so by earning here in our agency uh we, we're making it look good we grow and I try try i try to bring the mentality to to the bank as well but i i understand that uh cheering genuinely for somebody it's it's something very beautiful, something very nice. You don't get anything in return, and you and you don't even know. Sometimes I was pretty bad poker player, you know. I was getting started. Do you think I had any kind of like a edge ball while playing that uh, five thousand euro tournament back in 2008? I was one of the worst in the field. That's absolutely uh, absolute, absolute the truth. My game started to change. In, after 2015, I say that way I, I felt that I had like a click, and I started to 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 really become the poker player I want to be. But from from that from that moment, I was just learning, you know, and gathering information, doing the best I could, um, and uh, so until nowadays that I carry this uh, with me by carrying the community with me, we have we, we developed it to have a charity session every month on Twitch. I decided when I went on Twitch, I decided I would not make any penny, any cent from Twitch. This, this all goes to community. So if I go really big and I become one of the most successful streamers and I make a lot of money, nothing will come to my pocket. I'm going to donate it all 100% to the community and to the community causes. So, and,
1: Felipe, I have a question. Um, one of my favorite UFC fighters uh, for a long time is Charles de Bronx Oliveira, also oh, Brazilian, yeah. also loves, cares, gives back to his community in a very big way, very passionate about it. What is it about Brazil, uh, the community that you know, you all just so passionately feel this pull to give back to all these people?
2: I think that it comes from it comes from our background. Our country is is very poor. So we like to help other people, see other people strive, especially from the communities where we we know people don't have much opportunity. So I think that's that's probably the the best thing we have
1: the highest so, highest honor for you guys to give back to yeah the people that you I mean, that you grew up
2: i i can tell i can tell you that i i, I do not remember many of my poker accomplishments and i couldn't care less <laughs> of anything i did or if anything i played well or if i outplayed somebody if i think i'm i'm good if i think it, that doesn't matter at all but here over this community we raised houses we helped kids go to school. We uh, help people get started at poker. That's what we do every day. And people show up and they communicate with us and they feel good and they feel part of a big family. That's um, that's it. I I have no goals in poker actually. I don't want to be the best player. I don't want to be successful. I don't. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing
1: how does your dad feel about you know what you've done in the poker world these days your your mom and your dad uh and then the charity stuff giving back like uh, i assume he he's he's proud of you for you know playing a uh, this stupid ass game
2: <laughs> yes
3: nowadays
2: <laughs> nowadays that's how people ask me people ask me every day like this on twitch stream they ask me like how can i become a pro i said like uh, you know what's a pro and they know, say, no, a pro is somebody that does something, sorry, and pays its bills with that freaking something. This is being a pro at something. So forget about all the rest. If you want to be, become good at poker, that's the way. You have to become fundamentally good at the game to become a really good player and then make money. But remember, your results are going to make you professional. You don't need to want to be professional. And maybe poker is not for you because poker can be for anybody, which means you can be like an amateur that's really happy with the game. And then you can travel, you can play your game and you're happy with that. You don't need to be profitable or whatever. Or you can want to learn the game because you don't want to be the fool to lose the money. You want to defend yourself and etc. Or you can either pursue this life of being a poker pro which is really difficult really stressful look at that's what i do to them look 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 at my graphs look at this i'm down all this much money you see that's, that's where you want to come it's where you want to jump in so you need to be resilient you need to do this you need to do that so that's that's more of uh, what we do here in the community but my dad he's he he works with me nowadays he's retired and he works with me with my com with my company so uh, all these this, this hats and the stuff you see, seeing, our brain is responsible for that, uh, for for doing the um, accountant work, for sending, for doing the shipments, for helping with uh, so many other stuff. So nowadays, when you talk about somebody, if the word po- the word poker pops up somewhere, he was like my son you know my son <laughs> it's it's some sort of excitement which is which is uh very nice
1: yeah i i mean it's amazing right like uh just this unexpected journey um where it started and where it's come and you, you mentioned that you have no goals just moving forward you're just staying in the game helping provide for your community empowering uh the people that are surrounded by you
2: Exactly I don't need to happen i don't do not need to happen because uh by i understand that to be to be to to reach my goals, it means to get better a little bit every day in all aspects of my life so if i if I can keep up with this evolution by knowing that I'm waking up going towards the path i think it's the path i want to be i'm gonna get i'm gonna get whatever I want. So if I look too much further, I can, I can get lost in this path. And I don't want to do that.
1: So in the, in the mid-2000s, right? Like you're improving your game, you're getting better. I assume at some point the sponsorship deal ended. I mean, maybe, I, maybe I'm assuming incorrectly, but I know that lots of shit ended uh, around the year 2011. It did. Um, so were there any struggles, any doubts, any contemplation of quitting poker? Did you get your MBA?
2: Man, I, I, I struggled. I had a lot of bad moments over, over my career. I had a, a lot, a lot of bad moments. I, when I started my career, I had a problem with one of these internet payment providers that withheld money from my account. I had to take money from friends. It lasts forever, pretty much, like seven, six, seven, eight months. So I don't remember exactly. For them to release all my online money from these e-wallets, you know. I I jumped into projects that I lost a lot of money. Like sites that went down and I had like... W- once a poker site went down, I had $135,000 there. That was pretty much my online bankroll. And I lost it all. And, and uh, as you said, 2011, Black Friday, and et cetera. At this time I was I was I I, I was living in uh, Los Angeles and um I when that happened and I recently had a double W Coup score for like hundred and something thousand in um in a PLO tournament and uh I had some money over full tilt and that time I I I was a full tilt pro. And that money was very important. Uh, for full, me, as full well, tilt
1: huh? pros got paid good, right? Like they they were they were getting getting paid real well.
2: Exactly, because you were paid at least myself. I was, I was paid by 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 time. The most I played, I could get paid more. Hundred percent rake back. Hundred percent rake back had all these promos. It was like a very very amazing opportunity. I used to love love the company. Simply love the software. The company, everything uh, they were doing was a shame. what happened because uh, they were actually doing the right the, the the right way and giving opportunity to a lot of, to a lot of people. Uh,
1: uh, you know what? I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I, I think it's a shame too. I, I think it's especially a shame where the industry's gone since Full Tilt, especially the relationship between the operators and the pros, and just things have changed in such a big way that people people forget that like just how how big full tilt was like and it wasn't exactly. like they started big like they kind they built from the ground up to compete with party poker and poker stars and they were you know they were massive massively huge yeah. and very beloved by everyone
2: you know you, exactly you you said all the right words because at that time i when i I was working with uh with the my first sponsor right people they those guys. I always like to say this. I'm not being humble or anything. It's just the truth. Those guys they discovered me. It was like I was playing football somewhere, and people were like, "Wow, look at the guy with that throw!" Oh my goodness! You see, those people they discovered me. You know, the name of those guys were Henry and Louis from Best Poker, and uh, all their friends as well from there to 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 not uh, to make this uh, correct. They they discovered me. So whenever I was gathering more opportunities in poker, I was growing. I started to to grow, start to win tournaments, I start to run deep. I started to I I always, I always been a cash game player as well. So I was making a lot of money on the side playing cash games. In, in everywhere I was going, playing tournaments. So and uh, being invited to very good games. I wasn't very very good at poker, but I I, I was playing better than them. At that time, it wasn't that <laughs> yeah, hard. You you just got to gotta be better than the people you're playing against, right? Yes. And that's the shift we have nowadays with the AI and the softwares and etc. So I at, at that time, it, it was painful for me to take another opportunity because I was very grateful. I At that time, I had an opportunity for home party poker and they, they want to hire me. And I said, like, I work with these guys. And now we have a better country. I said, I don't want to know because they helped me. You know, I was very naive. Loyal. Yeah, maybe loyal could be the word. I would say stupid and naive. <laughs> you know, eventually they they were able to hire me. And then when you say about the full tilt power, full tilt took me off, buddy. They took me off. They, they, they were very powerful. They were like, you're going to work with us. And I say, oh, I better work with these people now. I have a contract. I'm not leaving. You know, you need to wait for my contract to be over. So I have all these clauses. I need to wait and blah blah blah. And um, and it was it was too powerful. They couldn't keep up. I I, I even remember I came back to I-, I came back to Neil from party. One of the guys I m- love the most in the industry. I don't have too much contact with him anymore. But he' always been very loyal, very good person for the poker industry in general. I came to him and said, "Neil, they're offering me this. You give me a concert like that, and what do I do?" And he was like, "Stay." <laughs> <laughs> but like, you see and it's it's fun it's funny to, to watch this because they were very powerful, you know they they were very powerful, they grew they they they're, they're very big, and that was the 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 path I took. So sad to see them going down the way it was. I um, always been poker ambassador in the way I, I, I'm not really a big fan of the word ambassador, to be honest. But I always cared about poker way more than anything, anything else. So many times during my career, I took the, be- the worst decision for me and the best decision for what I was standing. Um uh for many many, many times I can recall. And uh, and now and now I and then uh when I saw them going down was like a the dream, you know, like my dream was over to be a pro and see what happened with the company, what people did with the company, how they freaked and cheated the player. the players was like, wow, I'm 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 devast- I was devastated. You know, I even moved out. Because I couldn't play online from the US anymore. I said I, I'm, I'm done here. you know I'm gonna go back to Brazil.
1: Yeah, we, we never we, we didn't touch on you living in LA, but I assume like moving away from Brazil, was that like a, a temporary thing? Uh, what was the plan?
2: Yeah, So the plan the plan was me going to Vegas and uh, doing my master Business administration in the United States. That was the deal I had with my dad. So I would understand if I would do this in any other U.S. city, or if it was going to be in Vegas, or if it's going to be in L.A. So that that was my plan. And the secondary plan was to get better at poker because if I'm playing at home and I'm beating everybody, I need to get my ass kicked.
1: Yeah, you I need, need, to- need to. You're the big fish in the small pond.
2: We we got to get to a bigger pond. That that that's it. And that's when I lost a lot of my friendships that's when I lost a lot of my friendships because I, I told them my plan and they were simply like, ah, you go there to Vegas, play poker, cash game. You're going to get crushed. You're not good enough. And I, I heard this from every single friend I had. And the reality was much different. different. When I went to Vegas, I used to play 2-5. And I I was earning 15, 20K a month playing 2-5 rainy or sunny and I I I never looked back. And then I started then then I got attention from from, from big people. From big people that say hey you want to play higher? I'll stake you. You want and that, that that's when I met some some good people in the way that wanted to to saw saw that poker talent on me and wanted to make me play play higher. From that point on I always played and there was a shift there was a period I I entered away way and then I went back to my roots to play on my own uh again uh and it's and it's been a, a a big while but that moment that helped me a lot because I started playing against the best and uh, I didn't have to care too much of course I cared too much about uh winning because it's that's the competition, but that that helped me. That the that helped a lot with my game. So the idea was to move and become better, become a better player, face better players, playing better player pools. Even if I was going to struggle, my ROI was going to be lower. I I I that that was my idea. And then I the 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 LA plan was because I had a girlfriend from LA and then LA had good cash games good private games i could play online from there and so i'd spend a lot of time there
1: you said something that's that's very very important and i think that you know we've we've gone over we're still on the first question i think so we may have to uh <laughs> may have to run this back at some point whenever no whenever you have time all. um but i have all the
2: time i have all the time for you this is i i uh I'd like to publicly apologize that it took me a while to be here with you. And Public say that. apologize first and to then, who, man? We're, we're all loving yeah. your story. You, this is... No, the, the listeners, are was, they, they
1: love it, man. I um, was quite,
2: quite busy, a little bit uh, lost with my stuff. And uh, I have all the time for you. Just, just feel free.
1: Um, well, I appreciate that very much. And, and I think it's clear to both me and the audience that you're a very generous, giving, humble guy. But you mentioned something that your friends telling you that you can't make it, right? Your your quote unquote friends, and I think that the listener really needs to take that to heart and understand that like the people that you surround yourself with directly impact how far you go in life. And if people pull you down and don't believe in you, then you have to find different people, right? Like you just because they're, they will hold you back. They will tell you you're not capable because they're not capable, right? And they just want to limit your just how your trajectory. And you just have to surround yourself with people that believe in you, that dream big, that are positive, that are motivational. And I think that for me as a coach, right? Like the the thing that resonates with me so much is that my tactical Tuesday co-host John like him, he's motivated me so much through his journey, seeing him rise from like, you know, a hundred no limit to shot taking 2K no limit over the course of like eight months and how hungry he is to learn and how resilient and strong he is. You know, he, he'll he have a break even two months and I never even know. Like he he just, he doesn't mm-hmm. complain. And that to me, you know, he just, he's like, I, I want to know how far I can go. I just want to see how far I can go. And, and like, when you surround yourself with people like that, you can't help but be inspired and you can't help but dream big and you can't help but go for it and kind of remove those limitations that the people set on you. Um, and so I just really want the listener to take that to, to heart because it's everything. It may not seem like it is, but it really is.
2: This is why this is your show, man. The Brad Wilson show. This is, uh, <laughs> you don't need me. You do not need me.
1: <laughs> come on. Come on, Felipe. Uh, I need you.
2: No, you don't. That's uh, I, I'm not even talk anything about that. You said everything. It's a it's it's like it's like um, and sometimes I'm, it's going to go a little further. Sometimes this person is inside your own house. Sometimes this person is, is part of your family. You need to break the bonds. You need to understand that your uh, your family is your family, but some people they they're not good for you. And 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 once you understand that, you you take you take. You take that and and, uh, stuff starts to happen, you know, when you acknowledge that. That's all I know. I don't know where you're going, but once you break through from that, good stuff and bad stuff will happen, but this bad stuff is going to teach you and the good stuff is going to give you the the results you want.
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to bullshit you. It's hard. Those bonds are strong and it, it will hurt. Like it just, it, it never hurts. feels good. It will hurt, it but hurts. you will be resilient and you will there's recover funny, eventually.
2: There's a funny, funny, funny story. When I started, was that my first sponsor, he said like, oh, now we hired you and we're starting this stuff with poker in Brazil and etc." You need to have a poker profile, right? And I was like, is that a CV? Is that like, a, what is that? You know, is, is that a curriculum or and then they were like, yeah, 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 that's exactly that, but on social media. So go there and, and fill it up, fill it up. Who are you? Where you come from? Where do you want to be? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I remember exactly this was filled on a, on a site called pokerpages.com. I, I, feel, I filled my, my, profi- my profile there, and uh, there was a goal. What's your goal? And I wrote down, become one of the best poker players in the world. That's the goal I wrote I, I wrote down. You know what they did? They took screenshots. They posted on social media. Like, <laughs> look at this guy. Cannot even beat his home game. And he wants to be one of the best players in the world now just because he has a sponsorship and he's going to play. They mocking me. They mocked me big time, you know they made me feel bad, ashamed, such as they would print a hand I played bad or or share with friends, and I try to make me feel bad, you know i many many times, many, many times, and I never like to answer people with words, I like to answer people with attitude, you know,
1: yeah, and you know that's that's small people who are trying to just tear people down and, and like Unfortunately, there is that in the poker community even today. People that want That's to tear sure. people down, want to prevent people from realizing their full potential. And you have to be aware and you've got to be able you know, if we use the analogy of life and cards, sometimes you got to fold a hand. Sometimes you just have to make a decision that might be painful, but it's good in the long run.
2: Nowadays, we are living in the in the cancelment culture, right? When you wanna cancel anybody by saying anything and everybody has an opinion about something you don't know of they all they all suddenly everybody's a poker player now that can judge other people's place <laughs> and uh people can sell coachings and they can do whatever stuff they never did in their life, but they are authorities in the in something they speak of and uh it that, that blows my mind you know that really blows my mind that's like People like uh, like these days. I I don't mean any bad. I don't even want to mention names or whatever. Just like the situation we're talking about, and people like say like, oh, "What do you think about Felipe's game?" Right? Somebody asks to anybody, and uh, and people say something really wrong about you. You know, what what can I do? Do you think I'm gonna confront anybody and say like, uh, "Hey, you're wrong. I do this. I win this. I went. I couldn't care less." Most of my sessions nobody knew how much money I make, made, made uh, if I was successful or not you know other than playing TV other than playing online other than you know because I that that doesn't give me anything it doesn't it doesn't feed my ego and it is not my goal and uh and uh when you see this the same people they are also the same people that commit big mistakes by judging. Anybody. So don't take it personal. It's like anybody. There's just a beater inside. Like, I I heard this guy saying that Phil Helmet was a bad player. I was like, give me that talent and 15 WSOP bracelets and uh, let me be that bad player. Because the guy clearly knows stuff other people don't. You you cannot judge the guy by the the wave we have nowadays with the GTO and the poker and stuff, whatever. You can look at the players a different perspective. And understand that some plays are wrong and some plays are like anybody. You know? But like people that are that are on the judgmental side of it, they they always wrong.
1: Yeah, it's uh there was an an interview with Venus Williams and we can close out uh, you know on this, but this is like the middle of June. Uh, but uh venus williams they they asked her because of the you know the Osaka incident and mm-hmm. her having to withdraw from the French Open. they asked her how she felt about it, like the criticism and that she faces and in the interviews and stuff like that from the press a- and she just said, you know the way I think about it is that not one of these people can hold a candle to me, not one of them will ever be anywhere near as good of a tennis player as I am, and so I just leave it at that. Like, these, the, the critics that judge from the outside, they'll, they'll never have my talent. They'll never have my skill. Um, and I was like, boom, like, that's yeah. it right there. Like, the, the people that judge from the outside, they don't have the talent. They're not out there. They're not battling. They're not putting themselves at mm-hmm. risk. They're not being vulnerable. I, I mean, the, the folks that compete at the highest levels of anything, uh, you know, they're vulnerable they fuck up the world sees that and that takes a strength and a resilience and like these people man they ought to be honored for what they do because it's 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 huge um and to keep
2: going to have a success career after decades it's like uh you cannot you cannot even start to talk about anything bad about somebody like a poker player that's been for a decade or more playing poker like how can you say somebody like you can disagree whatever the player does whatever but you cannot say a player is bad if your player is playing consistently winning for years and years and years and years like just accept you don't like the person i get that i don't like some people also what's the problem but you just need to respect you just need to show some respect
1: i, I make fun of phil helmuth you know as much as, ne- as much as the next, as much as the next person, head. right? Like, he, and we I think he, I think he understands making character. fun, right? Like, he's he is character. he is that. But the reality yeah. is, dude's got immense success in this game, and like, it, you know, it, it's not a bad thing if people don't understand what he's doing right, because if if nobody understands what he's doing right, then that's his edge, right? Like, let's let's be real here. You, exactly. if everybody understands all the things that you're doing, well, what edge do you have? Right, like, we all
2: have flaws. We all have flaws. Of course, of course. And plus, we do. if you it, 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 this problem is nowadays like mostly on, on online players because they think they're really like I'm an online player. I reinvented myself and went back to on, online poker now with the pandemics and everything. I actually wanted to do that before, and I started doing that before the pandemic. So I was lucky to jump in a project. And then uh, the pandemic uh, came uh, right after and I was involved with online poker once again. And I, I, I understand that most of the people, they, they study a lot. They understand more about how to play, how to play a hand, how to make profitable players. Most than the, the live pros, that's, that's bottom line. That doesn't make you any better. That doesn't make you any better.
1: I've, I've had now like mid hundred people on this show. I've been in this industry. I've been a pro for 17 years. Not once. Anybody that tears people down, that talks shit about people, um, that belittles people, they're never the successful person. They're never the person that comes on the show. Never. Like they're, they're never the ones that find the long-term success. And, and yeah. that's just the truth.
2: It looks like you need to, to belittle somebody to get bigger, right? And exactly. You cannot, do it, not, you cannot do it on your own. That's it's, it's really sad because a lot of people starting out there, you know, and people like uh, uh, they want a reference, you know. And I don't. I even if I disagree with a lot of stuff that anybody does, like feel like uh, other other players. Like uh, it's it's. I think it, it's never a competition between players, and I always I always think it's a competition against yourself. You know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah
2: and i also feel that in poker we needed to be more of a community and take care more of the game than being individuals in the game because uh that's how the game is gonna last that's how the game is gonna perpetuate because now nowadays like uh I make this criticism like I play high stakes. I'm a high stakes poker player nowadays. Never I I, I started from, from nothing, right? So I resonate to people that starting from uh, uh nothing as well. But I give back to the game. Not that I, I'm playing and doing well and uh, winning whatever that uh that this is it for me. I see I see as a, a small criticism for my part, most of the people they only take it from the game and they don't give anything back and that's where i see the game dying that's why i see the game shifting to a bad spot you know so if i had to throw out a message out there i'd say more to the pros to the big winners to the big crushers and whatever do do something you know uh for the game you know have some respect from from the lake you you're fishing from you know it's it's not only because of the, the environment and that's also a bad analogy because I'm vegan, but whatever. But like, <laughs> people will understand better that way. It's it's more it's more of like uh, doing something for the game you love, the the game that uh, earns you a life, makes you you somebody.
1: And, and for the love of everything, the platforms, like give back to your pros let's put people in these positions let's empower people let's stop giving people like a free tournament ticket for sponsoring your site like let's invest in the future of this game because uh, yes. like you know that that's a thing that like is just going away and it drives me insane like let's invest in our future here
2: correct correct invest in communities invest in personalities you know you know make them shine make them big this is this is very good for the industry and uh i know that for instance in brazil we have like a 210 million people in the country if you speak poker to, even today if you say poker people say like what they don't hmm. they're new to the game they don't know what it is you know yeah like i like i still have to explain so many times like what do you do you play poker yes i play poker but what do you do for a living i say i play poker it's a this still happens nowadays. They don't think it's my job. They think I have, a, I do something else and I play poker.
1: They say it to me too. I, yeah. I go get a haircut. What do you do? I'm a, I'm a professional poker player. Yeah. You can make money doing that? Day?
2: Yeah. What about during the day, they say?
1: What do you mean? Oh, during the day. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. What, what about what you doing? you
2: play poker? But what are you doing during the day? Like I said, during the day, yes, I'm playing poker. And it's I'm a
1: beautiful poker. game, man. It's yeah. it's a beautiful game, and I think that it, it teaches all humans such great life lessons. We can all learn. We can all benefit from the lessons that the game teaches us. And you know, we just need to spread it far and wide. And like Full Tilt was back in the day, investing in the pros, um, investing in growth, and yeah, I I see Full Tilt. The, the downfall of Full Tilt is almost a tragedy, and I know that like. In more ways than one, uh, beyond just what happened, but also how it hurt the future of poker when they went away.
2: And I don't want to be BS on this. I like to speak the truth every time, regardless of uh, like for poker first, you know, and whatever. But like, this is, that's what got me hooked up with the GG Poker Project, because I When I saw G Poker Project, I was like, this is the poker dream back in the day. You know, what, what, what Gigi is doing, it's like the leaderboards are back. You know, the cashbacks are massive and the promos, helping people get started. They support me a lot on doing this on my stream and helping my community uh, to grow. And I, I got really, really excited to get back to online poker, knowing I would have that support. And uh, I don't think, honestly, I'll be doing uh, this way without that support. And uh, there's also the reason, i am that's why I'm uh, twitching my sessions, that I'm doing the interviews with the personalities outside poker. Yesterday, oh, well, look what poker did to me. Yesterday I interviewed on my channel one of the most iconic Brazilian musicians, a uh, rapper in my humble poker channel. I will never understand this. I'll never think of that when I got, when I got started. And the guy was like, I'm a big fan. I love poker, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow, let's take this message to the mainstream. You know, let's make everybody understand how, po- how nice poker is. There you can play for fun. It's an entertainment to get started. I started in poker for that, you know. And then you can have anything you want from poker. If you want to find a new job in poker, you find a new job not only as a poker player, but as a poker dealer, as an organizer, as a supplier, as a, a worker in the industry. And
1: we can say like, like GG is not perfect, right? They they've they're not a perfect company, but I do it's not.
2: That- that's what I said, I do acknowledge yeah. that when I said I want to put poker, I'm a poker but investor, they, I put poker on top. I mm-hmm. put poker on top. Whatever I'm, uh, company I'm representing, that's nothing more important to me than the game of poker.
1: And GG's doing it right as it relates to promoting the game of poker. It's not rocket Absolutely. science what they're doing. Everybody right. had the opportunity to do this. It was sitting exactly. there. They're just the ones who are doing it right. Um Exactly. And I think there's a lot of lessons that folks can learn. Is industry folks who are trying to grow their platforms.
2: Yeah, I do um, not, I do not, I do not stay away from all this conversation. People ask me this daily on on my Twitch. They ask me about Blizzard and they ask me about whatever is Scandal or whatever they're talking. I say what I think, and most and hundred percent of the thing, the things I think, uh, it, they 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 gotta be good for the game. You know, because that's the that's where I that's that's from that, that's the lake I take from.
1: Yeah, that's a priority. Um Felipe, I got just one more question and we'll we'll fire yeah. up a round two uh a little on down the line. But um final question, absolutely. man. Absolutely, absolutely. The chasing poker greatness audience, where can they learn more about you on the World Wide Web?
2: Yes, so uh, we started this new project on Twitch. I always done a little bit of Twitch, but as I was following with the circuit, the live circuit and playing live, that's impossible to keep it up. And now I have a schedule. So now I'm streaming a couple, uh, many days of the week. Sometimes we stream all the week, sometimes we stream three, four days during the week. So check me out on twitch.tv slash Felipe Mojave, which is my nickname, Mojave as the desert uh in vegas and uh Mojave is my nickname since I started playing poker has a funny story behind it but my last name is Ramos awesome and man. and uh you guys can also follow me on any social media with Felipe Mojave such as Mojave such as Instagram, Twitter and um Facebook such as YouTube we are also doing content in many languages I know I, I speak Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, but over my stream, we do trilingual streams. Uh, we also speak Spanish. We also speak in English. So show up anytime if you have a question, if you, if you want to uh, connect. I'll be more than glad to talk to you uh, with your audience. And uh, mm-hmm. appreciate that. Thank you very much.
1: It's my pleasure, man. You're one of the good ones. Thank you for your time and your energy. And I'll talk to you real soon.
2: Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Congrats on your job by taking this uh to, to to a lot of people. Very nice conversations, and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to chasing to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.